0: Listen to something fresh. Listen to Salam Media. Welcome back to the special focus with myself, Sahih Jadud and Salam Media. Now just before we begin with our major story for this week which is farm attacks and farm murders, let me first remind you that you can tweet your comments and suggestions and when you do that tag me at Sahih Jadwit or at Salaam Media and please do use the hashtag thespecialfocus so that we can form the trend. You can also send them to 61 that's 61 That's the number for your WhatsApp messages and your WhatsApp voice notes. That being said, let's begin. Now, South African farm attacks. These are violent crimes including murder, assault and robbery that take place on farms in South Africa. These attacks target farmers who are usually white and farm workers who are usually black. The term has no formal legal definition, but such attacks have been the subject of discussion by media and public figures in South Africa and abroad. There is insufficient data to reliably estimate a murder rate for South African farmers. However, South African government data indicated between 58 and 74 murders on farms annually in the period 2015 to 2017, and that's out of an annual murder count of nearly 20,000 total murders in South Africa. These figures are broadly consistent with figures collected by the Transvaal Agricultural Union, which is a farmers' union. Due to the problems associated with counting the number of South African farmers and farm murders, it is unclear whether farmers are at greater risk of being murdered than other South Africans. Now, unsubstantiated claims that such attacks on farmers disproportionately target whites are a key element of the white genocide conspiracy theory and have become a common talking point among white nationalists worldwide. However, there are no reliable figures that suggest that white farmers are being targeted in particular or that they are at a disproportionate risk of being killed. The government of South Africa and other analysts maintain that farm attacks are part of a broader crime problem in South Africa and do not have a racial motivation. So to unpack this further, we are speaking to Ernst, Mr. Ernst Rutz, who is the head of policy and action at AFI Forum. Hello, Mr. Rutz, and welcome to the show. Thank you very
1: much. It's good to be
0: here. All right. So first and foremost, why do you believe that farm murders and attacks have been buried and kept away from the national spotlight. And why do you think that this should be given more attention, despite the fact that incidence of crime is relevant to nearly every South African?
1: Well, it's certainly true that crime is a problem for for virtually every person living in South Africa. And, and it's certainly true that, that farm attacks are not the, the only really horrendous crime in South Africa. We know about some really horrible uh, type of crime happening with regard to gang-related violence and some of the things we see in you know, xenophobic violence is another example. Some of the things we see in some of the townships in South Africa. So, so crime is a problem in South Africa. Mm-hmm. Our position with regard to farm murders, is, as a matter of fact, contrary to your popular belief, the same as our position with regard to other crimes. So we are not saying that farm murders should receive special treatment. What we are saying is it should receive equal treatment. And what we mean by that is that four murders is a very unique crime. and um, in terms of the way it's being executed, in terms of the consequences thereof, in terms of where it takes place and far away from police stations and so forth. And the basic policing principle that a that that a government should follow or a police service should follow is that when we deal with unique crimes, then we should have a unique and a focused counter-strategy. So we have we have these counter-strategies for for example, violence against women and children. We support that. And then there's a counter strategy for for cash in transit heists and for copper cable theft and for gang related violence. And all of these crimes are deserving of unique counter strategies. So when we don't start, start talking about farm murders, then suddenly the argument is no, it's just normal crime or we shouldn't have a focused counter strategy. And that's what our main concern is with this issue.
0: Okay, so you do say that Far murders and attacks should be treated equally as uh, as the bro- broader crime problem in South Africa. However, when you do mention that it's um, w- that you mention it's unique, what exactly is yeah. meant by this?
1: Yeah, so, so we saying it should we're saying it should be treated equally with other unique crimes, and what we mean by that is, as is the case with other unique crimes, they must be unique and they focus. And a deliberate counter strategy by the police to prevent these attacks. And there are four reasons why these attacks are, farm attacks are unique. The so one is the frequency thereof, in other words, how often does it take place? And more or less, you can say there's about two farm attacks every day in South Africa, and there's about one or two farm murders per week uh, in South Africa, if you take a, an average from a couple of years, which is extremely high ratio, especially if you consider that there aren't that many farmers. in in South Africa. Um, So that's the first reason why it's unique. The second reason is is the unique levels of brutality that we see in these crimes. As far as I know, there are only two types of crimes in South Africa that are as brutal as this, and it's far-murdered and gang-related violence uh, in terms of people being tortured and, and so forth. And then the third reason why it's unique is the unique consequences thereof, and that's the argument with, for example, copper cable theft, the consequences for the economy. Uh, if, these, if this particular crime isn't addressed. Uh, because farmers are employers, they are creators of food for the country and uh, a lot of the country's stability depends on the agricultural sector. And the fourth reason is the least controversial of the four and it's probably the most important simply from a practical perspective and that's the fact that farm farmers live in unique circumstances. They are far away from police stations, they are far away from their neighbours, they do so yeah. want and you scream, no one's going to hear you. Even in some cases, if you fire a gunshot, there's a great chance that no one's going to hear you. Then we have a problem with dirt, roads, farms that are inaccessible, uh, cell phone signal and so forth. So these four reasons for us say that that there should be a focused and a deliberate counter strategy to prevent these attacks from happening.
0: And just on your fourth point, uh, your third point rather there, um, what exactly are the consequences of uh, murders and attacks? especially on so, the economy.
1: Yeah, so, yeah so, so there's been some attempts to calculate, to quantify the effect on the economy, to say, what, what is? can you can you reduce it to a ranch value? If a farmer has noted, how much does the economy do? And there was one study that found, I think, 2 million, or, there were some calculations made, but the problem with, with, with the calculations is that every farm is different in terms of what are they farming with and how productive is the farm. In, in, some, in many of the cases, production on the farm and abuse their jobs and so forth and in some cases the farm is, is picked up again and I'm talking now about if the commercial farmer himself or herself is murdered um, but there's a very interesting dimension to that that I think is underestimated in terms of the impact on the economy. Farm murderers Farmer is murdered. What happened is uh, many of the people working for that farmer in many of the cases lose their jobs. In other words, the poor become poorer. But what also happened is because of the fact, because of the supply and demand principle, because there are fewer farmers each time a farmer is murdered, the premium price of being a farmer is higher. In other words, the, the consequences of the, that, the few farmers that remain get paid more because they, their skills become more and more scarce. So, in other words, In in a certain context, you could say the rich are getting richer, the poorer are getting poorer. So so there's there's definitely an
0: inequality dimension to this as well. Now, let's just look at the statistics, Right. There is insufficient data to reliably estimate a murder rate for South African farmers. South African government data indicated between 58 and 74 murders on farms annually in the period between 2015 and 2017 and that's out of an annual murder count of 20,000 total murders in South Africa. Now, due to the problems associated with counting the number of South African farmers and farm murders, it is unclear whether farmers are at greater risk of being murdered than other South Africans. But now, so clearly everyone in South Africa is is facing this broader problem of crime. However, do you think that farm attacks could have racial motivation? Just repeat the last
1: sentence. I couldn't say the last sentence.
0: So, do you think that farm attacks could have a racial motivation?
1: Um, well, let me, let me start with the first part about calculating the ratio. It is, true. I think that's one of the most difficult things, is calculating the ratio. Although it's not impossible to calculate, you can at least calculate uh, plausible ranges in which the attacks take place. So, it's, it's not possible to calculate the broad farm murder ratio, or at least very, very difficult, or nearly impossible. And the reason, therefore, is any BNU can be victims of farm attacks or farm murders. If we go to a farm and there's a farm murder, a farm attack and can get murdered. So to, to calculate the ratio, you need to determine how many people are there uh, who could potentially be the victims, and then how many, people have, how many of them have been murdered. But what is slightly easier to calculate is the ratio at which commercial farmers are murdered because we know more or less how many commercial farmers there are in South Africa. And if you take all the farm murders and you say, let's count only those who are the commercial farmers, then you could make some form of a calculation. Um, And yes, it's it's few if you consider there's been 20,000 murders in in a year in South Africa, but you have to consider the size of the group. So there were 20,000 murders out of, uh, what's the number now, 70 million people, above 50 million people at least in South Africa. Mm -hmm. But there's only about between 30 and 40,000 commercial farmers. So, so that, so, so, you say there's a small amount, but it's still a very small pool. But so, so yes, I think that. Then, in terms of the motivation, there's not been sufficient research to date with regard to what the motivations are. What I can say is, if you look at individual cases uh, of farmers, and you look at individual incidents where where, where the perpetrator has said what their motivations were, there's a variety of factors. And, and I think we run the risk of oversimplifying if we reduce it to a single cause. And what I mean by that is an attacker can have multiple motives. You can uh, you can attack a farm because you are poor and you want money. And while that's your motivation, you could also have a racial motivation. For example, to say, I want to steal from someone, but I don't want to steal from someone that has the same skin color as me, for example. Or that could also be combined with Although we know that that's overstated the extent to which that is happening. So there's multiple motives. And it's it's, uh, the attempts that have been made today to reduce it to to statistics in terms of how many cases are motivated by this or that has been flawed, at least in in our regard.
0: And of course, the statistics on farm murders spark much debate, and they have done so in the past. And in fact, there have been claims that being a police, uh, being a farmer is actually could actually be more dangerous than being a policeman, for example. So, what's the backing behind such a claim?
1: Yeah, so the backing behind that is, I believe it was the year two thousand and eleven. Um, I think it was Begiceli at the time, uh, the police minister or commissioner, had a campaign against police killings, and they said out oh, of the police force, so many people so many of the police were murdered. So you can calculate it. You can say there were, I think, 190 or 180,000 police officers, and out of them, this amount were murdered in one year. And then you can calculate that, and it, you, you, you reduce it to a ratio per 100,000. So if there's 100,000 police officers, then in one year, I believe the number was 50 or 55 per 100,000 police officers were murdered. And now, what you can do is you can go with farm murders and you can make a calculation, as I explained earlier. You can say how many, you can at least do it with commercial farmers. You can say how many commercial farmers are there and how many commercial farmers are murdered in one year. And then you make a calculation per 100,000. And the the calculation comes close to about, about 100 per 100,000. So, in other words, if you calculate the per 100,000 ratio at which police officers are murdered, which you would assume should be high in Caledonia, and it is very high, and you calculate the per 100,000 ratio at which commercial farmers are murdered, which you would assume should be low because it's supposed to be low, then you find that the ratio at which commercial farmers are murdered is about more or less, you could say, double that at which police
0: officers are murdered. All right, let's leave it there for now. Let's take a short break, and when we get back, we we'll unpack this further. Stay tuned. Listen to something fresh. Listen to Salaam Media. Welcome back to The Special Focus. Welcome back to Salab Media. Now, let's just have a quick look at one of the tweets which have come relating to this discussion around farm attacks and farm murders. Now, at Judge Justin 777 tweets an interesting infographic which claims that 48 farm murders took place during the year 2019. Now, he captions it saying, These are the numbers from the 1st of January 2019 until the 31st of December 2019. We had all these farm attacks. Look at the number of murders. 48. There are countries in this world who don't even come close to this many murders in one year. Shocking. Does the South African president still refuse to acknowledge this? So, Yes, we are in discussion with AfriForum's Forum's head of policy. Certainly, an interesting conversation about farm murders and attacks in South Africa. Now, Mr. Roots, way back then, President Nelson Mandela launched a rural protection plan. Now, this protection plan, which was meant to fill in the gaps, where, uh, this protection plan was meant to fill in the gaps where police have fallen short due to the sheer remoteness of farms. Has this delivered on its mandate?
1: No. Um, what, what we've seen since, let's say, since the news of Africa, since 1994, um, is under President Nelson Mandela, I think you could say that it was a far right. Um, Nelson Mandela, at least as president, took a firm stance against farm murders. He made a speech about it. He even organized a national summit uh, you know, to, to develop a counter strategy, which is what we believe we should have. An accounted strategy that's not only on paper, but one that implemented in practice. So, so I think you could say that it was a priority for Nelson Mandela. But then, in 1997, as you mentioned, and then uh, at around the year 2003, government started deprioritizing their response to farm murder. So what happened in 2003 was uh, without any prior notice, without any discussion with the relevant stakeholders and so forth, during the State of the Nation address. President Sablonbeck announced that the commando system would be shut down, which was a system in which farmers were involved to look after their own safety and so forth. Then in 2007, the police announced that no further statistics would be released with regard to farm attacks and and farm murders. Um, And then we we had the situation where, despite the fact that there was a decrease in the numbers and then it started increasing again slowly, you had uh, senior politicians, Downplaying these attacks and saying, "Oh yes, well, you must remember the farmers are only being murdered because they abuse their workers," which is, which is true, you know, according to government research, in about one, one percent of the cases, one or two percent. So, so, so it certainly was a priority, and then it was it, since starting 2003, it's been uh, excessively downplayed by by the authorities in this country.
0: And so, on the point of politicians. Do you think that there might be a link between political left-wing rhetoric and farm attacks?
1: Well, uh, there's certainly, there's definitely a link and and we can prove that. The question is how big is that link or or what is the extent of farm attacks being committed as a result of rhetoric? So we do know, for example, that there are farm murderers, people who are in prison, who have said that they were influenced by politics. uh, the first example that we know of was in think, 1993 where the person called in 20 who murdered on the wall. Um, so we've had such cases. We've had people chanting E.F.F. slogans at farm attacks um, and, and so forth. So I'm not saying that every single farm attack is the result of some political motive, but to deny that it exists is just madness.
0: So Now I have seen reports in which AFI Forum is portrayed somewhat as a white nationalist movement, which seems to be claiming sure. that there's nearly a white genocide, if we could call it that. So is this true? Yes. No,
1: as a matter of fact, Forum has, has taken a public stance against white nationalism. If you go, I'm sure if you go on Google and you search uh, Afroforum white nationalism, you would probably find at least one of the top results would be an article written by me entitled Afroforum's rejection of white nationalism. Um, and and so that's the one thing um, we we do we do we are a minority rights organisation, so we want to. Protect communities in South Africa um, and we are an Afrikaans organization although we do as now as we're doing now, we do media interviews and so forth we do it in English, we show our press statements in English and so forth so on the issue of white genocide it's the strangest thing because we have we have won multiple cases with the press ombudsman um, with regard to organizations, news outlets describing AfriForum as an organization that promotes it's simply incorrect to describe this as, as a white genocide. Um, but despite that, we have some journalists, not all, it's actually a very small few, who keep writing and referring to AfriForum as an organisation that promotes the idea of of, of a white genocide. And it's, as I said, we've had we've one repeated case uh, at the press ombudsman on this, because that's simply not our position, and it's easy to
0: prove that, that AfriForum is not claiming that there's a genocide happening in South Africa. All right. Now you would recall that some time back you went on a tour to the United States to draw attention on this serious matter. Now could this now be interpreted as your last resort and that you're tired of pushing local authorities to act? You could
1: you could I wouldn't describe it as such, but I think there's an element of truth in what you're saying, in the sense that that we don't think it's the last resort, but we do think that it's an important avenue that we need to open. Um, And we've seen that type of approach with great success. across the world to speak out about the problem and to put at least when we're talking with governments to put diplomatic pressure on 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 the south african government now we're doing this i know that's not the topic of discussion currently but we're doing this with farm related and with expropriation of compensation is ask people when you engage with the south african government ask them about what's happening on the farms in south africa ask them about farmers ask them why what are they doing why aren't they doing enough why aren't they doing more And then, then also, one of the main issues that we've seen is 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 protection of
0: property rights in South Africa. And so, just could you explain to us what exactly do you intend on achieving by taking this internationally? Um, Don't you? Many people would come with the argument that it's a South African issue and it should be sorted out uh, in a South African way by South Africans themselves. (laughs)
1: Yes, well, I, I would agree with the argument that it's a South African issue and it must be sorted out within South Africa. The problem is that it isn't being sorted out within South Africa. So we we have done uh, we've done so many things with regard to raising awareness on farm matters. We've had, as I said, we've had numerous protest gatherings. We've had numerous petitions. We've had numerous meetings with government. We've had numerous leafleting ceremonies, conferences, reports, anything you can think of. Uh, if there's something you can think of that we haven't thought of, we'll, we'll certainly do it, um, to, to raise awareness and to put pressure on the South of African government um, to do more about this problem. And and sometimes, um, you know, government officials and especially politicians change and some of them are more inclined to do something and others are less inclined. So we believe and we've seen it, it with, a, with a degree of success already that if we can get people abroad talking especially journalists abroad and maybe even governments abroad, talking about this problem um, and putting some form of diplomatic pressure on the South African government, Um, the chances or the prospects of success is much bigger. And as I said, we we saw the ANC do that with much success. They had a much more aggressive uh, campaign. Of course, the circumstances were different. Um, But they had a much more aggressive campaign with regard to to, you know, taking a stance you could almost say, against South Africa. Now, that's not what we are doing. We are simply saying that we, what we are saying to people all over the world is we we are South Africans. We want to remain in South Africa. We want to fix the problem in South Africa. We don't want anyone else to fix the problems on our behalf. Uh, we don't want, we're not expecting, you know, the U.S. president or someone to get on a test and fly to South Africa and fix our problems. So that's certainly not going to happen.
0: Just quickly now, Mr. Roots, and we'll wrap up on this. What exactly does AFRI Forum want from government to address this matter? So,
1: uh, we believe that the problem must be. a lot of time getting people to become more involved in other words they're you know, organizing community safety initiatives to drive patrols in their areas with in, in cooperation with the police not in competition with them uh, to go, go to the police station to say how can we help so there's a very strong focus on getting the community more involved and people more involved to support the police in this but then what we expect government to do is to, to have a to develop a focused counter strategy and not only to have it on paper but to actually execute it or implement it. So you could say, yes, there's a rural safety strategy that the police have. It's a document that was written in a, in a shelf somewhere, but it's not being implemented. Uh, and there's many ways I can elaborate on that. So one example is, according to this rural safety strategy, there's supposed to be vehicles in rural areas, dispatched to, to rural areas to look after rural safety. But you find those vehicles driving around in Brooklyn and in Shantan and, and, and so forth. So... so I think to sum it up, what we want government to do is to say, acknowledge this is a problem. It's not the only crime problem in South Africa, uh, but it is a problem. It's one of the very unique problems. And we need to develop a focused counter strategy to say, what are the causes of this and how can we address it. And unfortunately, we have to concede or acknowledge that one of the causes is is political rhetoric. Because um, even if it's not resulting in these attacks directly, what we do find is that these rhetoric, we can, I'm talking about hate speech and songs sung about killing farmers and so forth, mm. it, it creates a political climate in which these type of things are
0: romanticized. And that's something that, that should also stop. All right. That's where we leave it for now. Thank you so much for your time, Mr. Ritz. Thank you. It was wonderful speaking to you. That was a really interesting Discussion with Ernst Ruitz. So there you have it, Mr. Ruitz himself coming out quite clearly, I feel, to critics who have portrayed AfriForum as a white nationalist movement. So he actually claims that AfriForum is in fact in agreement with most organizations that farm attacks should be classified just as well as other, other, other acts of crime in South Africa. Now, Ruitz is the head of policy and action of AfriForum and the author of Kill the Boer book, and with that, we've reached the end of our very first show for 2020. Um, thank you to all of you who have sent in your comments. Unfortunately, we are really tired for time and could not read them. Uh, so we do keep them coming. I will certainly retweet them so we can continue this discussion off air. It's been a privilege to be your host and we'll do this again, same time, same place next week.